Hello, welcome back to another full episode of Pro Try News. Thank you, Mark, for getting us through this uh, week to make sure that we were actually able to pump out an episode. Uh, I got it edited super quick so that we could get it out before uh, the big races happening in Majorca this weekend. So, I'm your host, Kyle Glass, um, joined today by Talbot Cox before he heads out to California. Hello, hello. Also joined by Mr. Mark Matthews. Hello, hello. And Pat Lemieux. Can I just start with some bolder, you know, gossip or happenings, or do we, do we, can we start yeah. with that? Yeah, we've not heard from you no, in a while. Let's go. Just a very bolder moment, right? Um, you know, uh, you know, Gwen and I are, are house hunting, right? And we show up to uh, to a house that's been that just came on the market, and wouldn't you know, a professional triathlete had lined up to look at the house in the 15-minute slot right before us. So I don't think it gets any more bolder than that, where you know you've got back-to-back showings each with uh, professional athletes. So. Yeah, I guess that's uh, not really much gossip, but I think just to give you know people that, that don't live in the bubble an experience that those are the kinds of things that happen in the Boulder bubble. The real it. gossip that people want to know is that everyone keeps seeing Gwen and Flora training together. When are you guys going to go ahead and announce that she's coming back? <laughs> oh, wait. Never mind. I wouldn't. Sorry. I wouldn't. Next podcast. Next podcast. I was going to ask if you were all holding 10 quid oat latte flat whites or something. No, 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 Mark. But you got to know me. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Mr. Folgers. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a baller on a budget. So I, I don't go out. I don't go out for coffee. Fair enough. Wait, can you tell us the triathlete that was buying the house and trying to buy the house out from underneath? Absolutely it? not. Uh, yeah, come no, on. No, gotta keep that one. Some... Gotta keep that one really close. Uh, so apologies for that. You know, you can narrow it down. It wasn't Sam Long. I'll give you that. Um, but after that, now nah, I got to keep got to keep the cards pretty close on that one. I don't think I I don't think either of us bought the house though. Well, I don't envy you. I just bought a house and it's been stressful as crap. <laughs> Most stressful thing I've ever done in my life. Oh man. Way more stressful than doing Ironman racing. I'll tell you. No that kidding. Much. Well, yeah. No kidding. You know, I thought we were gonna have a—I thought we were gonna have a really quick show—and then I looked at the notes you put together, Kyle. And we've got a ton to talk about, so I think we should—we should just start getting into it. First off, was it a little strange that they're having a challenge Majorca and Ironman Majorca on the same weekend? That's a bit odd, don't you? Think? You know, well, we kind of screwed up. What I should have had—I had a person on the ground there. I've got a buddy that's in Majorca that should have been conducting interviews for us all week. I re- so I really screwed that up. So I, I do apologize to everyone. So I think it, it was odd. Um, I think it maybe was part of the reason why they had to change the Ironman uh, full bike course slightly to avoid the clash. Um, that's not a big island, guys. It's really not. And <laughs> yeah, having two races there, they are the opposite sides as well. I mean, I heard of some couples where the husband was doing the Ironman and the <laughs> wife was doing the challenge race. Like, as if it's not stressful enough. Just just do one and, like, clap. It's not... No way. But, uh, yeah, no, it's an odd one. It's an odd one. That's that, that's that petulance, though, isn't it, between the two of them? They won't talk and deconflict. No, no. Not at all, not at all. Well, we'll start with Challenge Majorca. Uh, Freddie Funk got his third win of the season. <laughs> Uh, close behind him was Colin Chartier, and then third place Magnus Ditlev after racing two back-to-back weekends. Uh, for the women, Nicola Spierig secured her fifth win of the season, uh, second place Imogen Simmons, and then third place Lucy Hall after her racing back-to-back weekends as well. 
Yeah, that Frederick Funk can ride a bike, can't he? I mean, he rode up to Magnus Ditlev. We've we've sort of come to realise that Magnus Ditlev's the the bike king, but every time Freddie Funk does seem to do a job on him, um, and he was he was just super solid all day. Um, Colin Chartier as well, really good result. Ditlev's on really good form, and he he had the best run of his career. He seemed to think so. Yeah, really impressive racing from those guys. The any, women. Go on, Pat. Any insights into what a kind of equipment Freddie Freddie's using that allows him these crazy bike splits? Is he is he super aero, or what's I guess kind of what's the? I mean, what, you know, you what, what are the thoughts there? You can't look at uh, speed, can you? You can't look at the shape of someone or anything like that. But he he looks like a stocky, compact, heavy time trial build, if that makes sense, yeah, on the yeah, bike. Yeah, of course, of so course. So I think he has the muscular physiology to generate a lot of power. And his setup is DT Swiss wheels. He rides a cube bike, uh, and he's got the Ecoy helmet, the new one, that seems to fit him really well. Um, and his skin suit seems to look the part. He's definitely one of these athletes that pays attention to that side of life, as well as clearly generating monster power i well you can i think i think another thing pat is what really helps him out is a lot of people don't know this but he's actually coached by dan larang uh jan ferdino lucy charles anna hug all their coach so i think that that's also a a big factor in his rise uh to success is that i mean he's with i would say one of the best of the best Help me out. I'm trying to find the big fella on Instagram. Can we? I just want to see some photos of. Oh, so so setup. for people out there, because yeah, some of our fans won't know Frederick Funk much. So he is try ff97 on Instagram. If you want to have a look, um, he's won a lot of yeah, seventy point threes this year. Uh, he's a young guy. And he's, then, uh, he's only twenty four years old as well. So okay. and another another young longer course athlete, which is very interesting. Yeah, yeah, he's he's coming. He's he's certainly just crushing up that long course field. That's kind of his thing. Um, to be clear, like he rode over three minutes faster than Magnus Ditlev. <sighs> That'll do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, hopefully Magnus didn't bring the sixty tooth uh, and just the sixty tooth to challenge Marika. Obviously, there would have been a fair bit of vert there, right? And and it would have yeah. been you would have wanted some. Uh, some variety in your in your in your chain ring setup so uh i'd go as far as saying detlev's a super bike nerd (laughs) so i'd I'd be very surprised if the equipment wasn't on point i think it's just a really impressive ride from frederick funk awesome result in the women's side of the race um that is five 70.3 wins this year for nicholas spirig out of five 70.3 starts in an olympic year that's going some isn't it I mean, I don't know how she's ranked eleventh in the in the she's PTO ranked eleventh in the PTO rankings, rankings, winning five races. Yeah, I mean, we all know you score more points racing a full for a start. She hasn't done that, and she hasn't raced any of the big ones. You know, she has actually almost you would say dodged the big seventy point threes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying she wouldn't do perfectly well in them and probably win them, but she's not done any of the big ones. And you you know you tend to score better points in the bigger races. It would seem. We all know that she's on the upward path on increasing the training for her Ironman next year. So yeah, that will be the interesting thing is to see how she goes uh, in the breaking eight, I think, is for the females. Yeah, correct. And I mean, this time she actually got pushed a little bit. She only she only won by a minute ahead of um, Imogen Simmons. And she, she did that basically on the run. She ran a minute 15 faster than her. So I think it was a bit of a flatter course, and I think Imogen and Jodie Stimpson are both excellent riders, so they made it hard work for her for once. But uh, she still had the class to win by a minute. And Jody, J- Jody ended up DNFing on the day? 
Yeah, she I did. Yeah, she, she she might have came out with an injury. I saw her in a boot or in a wheelchair on her Instagram. So I hope that she's able to fix that quick and recover and be back at it. All right, you guys want to hop into the full? Yeah, it was a it's the highlight of the weekend, and it's one of the best races of the year. I thought they were both exciting races, which you can't say often. Um. Most other listeners, I'm proud to say, probably first heard the name Leon Chevalier on the show. Um, we've we've talked about him a lot. We talked about him for Ironman UK, and we talked about him for um, uh, the French race as well that he won. So Leon Chevalier is a young lad. He lives in Britain, and he took his first Ironman brand win against a mega field. Florian Anger came second, and Cam Worth came third. Um, and there were plenty of other good athletes in there. Christian Hogan had all sorts in that field. Amazingly, Leon Chevalier and Christian Hogenhout held Camworth on the bike, um, which, and they pulled some turns, and they were at a good distance, and there wasn't motorbike interference. It, it was a really, really good race to watch on the bike. Um, I don't know if Camworth must have been off form a little bit to to have them hold him, but um, maybe not. I mean, Leon's an excellent rider; he's shown that. And and Christian Hogenhout, look what he did to the field in Frankfurt. He's also an excellent rider. And Leon Chevalier ran away with it quite comfortably in the end. And he almost got caught, though, by a charging Florian Anger, who had the fastest run of the day. And the women's side? Yeah. Go on. I, I, had a quick, I had a quick chat with Cam. He said that he's definitely not in the shape he was in Copenhagen. He was. Uh, he said he slammed about a couple times uh, between Copenhagen and now. So he was pretty gassed uh, coming out of the water. I, Mark might... Yeah, well, he's amazing, he really. He, on the first lap I, uh, round, he was 39 seconds down. On the second lap, he was like two and a half minutes down. He lost two minutes on the second lap of the swim, so I think he popped his clogs a little bit in the water there. Yeah, and then and then I think he got on the bike and went to charge. I mean, incredible bike shape still. I mean, he's doing a lot of racing right now. I've been racing in Italy and all that, but I think that, like he said, he, he's done about uh, only a handful of runs uh, between now and then, and he was trying to go ahead and just punch his Kona ticket uh, for next year, so do, do you know if he got it? No, did no, he get it? Neither of those guys. He missed got it by one. Yeah, so Florian Anger and Leon Chevalier, they both ran six minutes into him, so you know he probably can can feel fairly well beaten as, and he didn't he didn't just miss out. But what Cam's doing is is completely impossible to comprehend for a normal human. Riding oh stage God. races and world tour. Pat's a, Pat's been an elite rider. World tour races in Europe. On, on a Sunday and then doing an Ironman the following Saturday and then going back to World Tour Racing. I, I don't think we can describe it to the listeners. I can't fully get my head around it. I mean, it, it would be, you know, I would love to know, obviously, with the with the cycling stuff, is there, you know, does he ever hop and do, do a splash in the water? I mean, the problem is your days just get, when you're doing these stage races, you just don't have any time, right? So no. it's not, and like, if your team saw you going out for a run or even like throwing the arms over in the pool, they'd just be like, mate, what are you doing? So obviously yeah. the, you know, the, the bike shape he's always going to have, that's just going to be there forever. Um, but you know, if you swim hard, you know, you, you pull from your, you pull from your reserves, you know, if you go, if you go 11 tenths on the swim or the, the run and you haven't been training it, you, you really pay for it. So. Yeah. They, they, these were his words to me. He said, uh, four weeks of not training the swim or the run is a bit disrespectful for the sport. I got what I deserve. So I love that that candid honesty. He did an interview when he had quit cycling and he was just doing a triathlon, and it was with Taron. And it, the, well, the question was actually quite good. And it basically asked around which cyclists could come and be good Ironman athletes. 
And he basically said that the likes of Chris Froome and those pure specialist climbers that win Tour de France's actually wouldn't be very good. And I think he cited someone like Thomas de Ghent or one of these. And if you watch cycling, they're the guys that can either sit on the front of the peloton all day long to control the pace or they'll do long range breaks. What Cam does is sits on the peloton for a long, long time working on behalf of Ineos. He never tries really to win a cycling race. I don't think he's ever won a cycling race. He doesn't try to do it. Um, so it's very different. He's he, he, What he's doing for Ineos actually reflects quite well on what he does in Ironman cycling, by his own admission. Um, but still, mm-hmm. I, it's, it's ridiculous. Should we do the women? Sorry, we've, we've dwelled on that a bit. Yep. Right, fan of the pod, messages every day, as soon as it drops, with comments and feeds information, Ruth Astle took her first Ironman win, um, having run down Lisa Norden at about halfway through. Uh, amazing. So, so happy for Ruth. Uh, anyone in triathlon knows Ruth. They love her. She's bubbly, funny, and she is the age group champion of 2019, was it? She was the overall age group mm-hmm. champion, um, which is great, you know. She's come through and she's won her first pro race. In second, Justin Mayfew, who... I thought was going to catch Ruth. Uh, she was running really well and was running her down, but she just cracked and Ruth didn't cave to the pressure. And then Christian Leopold had the fastest run of the day to bring home the podium. She looked delighted. So that was the women's race. And again, it was exciting. You know, there were there were small time gaps in it, um, which is what we like to see. And and Kristen passed Lisa Norton down the finish chute. I don't know if anyone uh, oh. saw that. But actually, past her sprinting down the finish chute, you can go on the uh, Ironman Instagram page and watch it. I felt very oh. bad for Lisa because she was in a hurt locker, thinking she probably had third wrapped up, oh. and then uh, Christian just comes sprinting past her. A- so. Any idea what the gap was at a K out? Keep no, talking, boys. I'll find out. <laughs> um, so, but. I mean, yeah, in, in, in incredible race by them. Uh, one thing worth mentioning, Jocelyn McCauley, which I'm quite shocked. She, I mean, she must have not been feeling good. She's not one to pull out of races. Um, no. This is her second time to travel over to Europe, but it would have been interesting to see where she would have been uh, on the day because she's a pretty consistent uh, Ironman athlete. So And uh, Vanilla Language as Vanilla. well, we, we thought would do better. But it uh, looks like she came up with a bit of a back problem, but... You know, that's climbing Climbing in the middle of an Ironman does different tolls to your body. It's just different. And when you get cramp or when you get a, like a backache or injury, it's often just an overuse in a certain area. And she probably worked her nuts off on the bike at the start and suffered a bit. But she's had a good year. You know, she's not going to stress over that. Yeah, I hope. Yeah. And, and one more thing we, worth mentioning before we move on from that race uh, was the bike splits between Cam Worth and Leon. Uh I, we, we mentioned Cam Worf had the fastest bike split of the day, 4.16.41, but Leon biked 4.16.59. Yeah. Uh, and, and the only reason I wanted to mention it is we saw Lionel Sanders, uh, not this year, but previously an Uber biker in the sport. Uh, Cam came off the bike nine minutes ahead of them in Copenhagen. So this is something worth mentioning. Yeah. Is it Leon? Uh, and, and another thing to mention, too, is Leon and Sam Laidlow – both, if you remember back at Bolton, both came off the bike 14 minutes ahead of Joe Skipper, which, different course, technically. Yeah, Leon, I don't think Leon was that far ahead off the bike. Sam Laidler was. Leon's running has got much better. But it's a confidence thing. When you do your first Ironman, you don't believe you can run as fast as you can. And it's, I think, I, so I think Leon's confidence has grown a lot as well. Um, but he's, he's, he's going places. He's a seriously good athlete. 
Yeah. So. And Mark, you, and Mark, you called it here it, first. I heard his name for the first time from you, Mark. So I mean, hats off to you. You know, you you've been uh, you've been singing his praises. You know, six months before anybody else. So. Yeah, a little bit of inside knowledge goes a long way. Hey? <laughs> yeah, but okay. uh, one thing I, yeah, but before we still... move on from the Orca, just be prepared to be disappointed by the points. I think the points will be low here. Why do you and think it hurts? And, and, and do you think that's because given the nature of the course, the bike is just naturally going to be slower and then that means a, you know, typically a harder bike means a harder run. So then now the run is slower. Well, like the bike what? was actually really fast considering the elevation. It looks like the bike was 3K short. Um, I've got athletes that raced it. I've got their Garmin files. But um, I just... I think, the, I think the overall time will be fast. I think the women's points will be really quite slow <clears throat> um, because they were over an hour behind the men. Um, which is kind of the benchmark. And I think they'll look at a bit of the field. You know, a 246 or 247, basically, they on round to win it. You know, in the light, it was a flat course. It wasn't, it was a bit technical. But in other races these days, look at Joe Skipper and that in Austria and Switzerland, the people in Switzerland, sorry, in Tulsa, they're all running sub 240s. So I, I, it annoys me because I just want to appreciate the win. I don't want to worry about the points. Yeah. And it takes away from some of the athletes. I know Ruth's worried about the point straight away when she should just be chuffed about her win. Like, but hey, let's move on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so we're hearing rumors that Daytona is going to be considered PTO points. Yeah, uh, I think earlier in the show uh, we had mentioned on one of our episodes, or maybe we didn't mention that PTO was not going to, or sorry, that Daytona was not going to be PTO points due to some. Uh, outstanding invoices from the uh, owner of the Daytona race. But from what we heard, uh, everything was settled with the PTO. All will be good, and they will be including that in the PTO uh, point system. I've put you on the spot here because I should have looked. Is that for next year's points, though? Um, I do not believe so. I believe the points end on December 31st. Which is weird because last year's Daytona counts for this year's points because of COVID, etc. So I you, think it's because it was like the only race, though. Yeah, I know. So it's, so it's weird that you'll have two of the same race in one year's worth of points. Is just all I'm all I'm getting at. It's just a bit odd. Oh uh, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Is Cat coming over to Daytona? She's umming and ahhing. Um, I think if you asked her today, given the party she had last night, she'd probably say absolutely not because she's been hurting today. Um, she wants to get her running right. She's she's been running on injuries all season, basically since June. So if she gets her running right. Um, yeah, she'll come over. She'll come to play in Daytona. Yeah, nice. Well, should we get ready for this weekend? Awesome yeah, let's races. dive into it, dude. Yeah, uh, <laughs> f- first first things first. I think that I'm the most excited about. I will be traveling over. Maybe Pat will be joining Ironman California. I could not be more excited for this race. Uh, first off, definitely think that the Ironman world record of. Uh, it's the debatable debate on whoever you want to say has the fastest time, whether it's Matt Hansen, 737 at Texas with the 5K bike short, uh, bike course short, or uh, Tim Don with a uh, 740 um, in Brazil, which I think he had assistance of highway traffic, whatever to that. That record, I believe, will fall this weekend um, by two of arguably the best athletes in the world, Gustav Eden and Jan Ferdino. It will be an incredible showdown. One thing worth mentioning, you have a 25-year-old who's the top of the sport in long course racing a 40-year-old. I mean, what does that say about our sport? 
It's brilliant. Uh, we make cat talk about it every day. Yeah, you know, she's thirty. In most sports, you're thinking about wrapping it up in a couple of years' time. She's looking at being as good as she's ever been in eight years' time. It's so fortunate for us that this is possible in Ironman sport. Jan's a bit exceptional, I mean, but yeah, yeah. And 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 it's it's like you want to sit here and say Gustav will give Jan a run for his money, but I mean the guy has not lost since 2017. Um, it will be a very interesting race. You also have. Uh, Justin Metzler, Big Met showing up, Rasmus Semingsen, um, Boris Stein, don't think that he'll toe on the start list, but Tim Reed will be there, and then Arnold. Um, Gyu. I don't know how to... Gulo. Gulo. And last but not least, I think that Lionel Sanders definitely isn't going to let some Europeans come over to North America and not try to go join in on the party, and so I think that he wants to... Uh, he's done Ironmans all year. He has nothing to lose, and I think that he's going to go try to... Um, throw a wrench in the works but I, I do know that we were at the track last week a lot there were a lot of people he he said that he was done for the year but the reason why he's done for the year not because he was tired it's because he felt like he was going backwards on the bike and he wanted to get that fixed he went to the track uh did some position changing was able to get more reach and at the end of the day he ended up getting 24 watts back on the bike which was uh Pretty shocking. I know it's do hard we, to say because it's gonna, on a track. Are we going to have to beat this? I mean, what? What? Uh, do you have clearance from the big man on this? Ah, oh, he doesn't care. Right. He said it in this video. <laughs> oh, he said. I mean, it's. Oh, did he yeah. say? It, did he say it in a video? It's hard to say. It's hard to say though because that's on a track. Yeah. Um, but I will say this. Uh, this is something pretty funny that Jim Manton told us because we're there with Jim Manton, who's one of the North American guys. Lionel started at 8 a.m. pushing, doing sessions at 300 watts, and we wrapped up on the day at 3 p.m. We did not stop once. He said that he's never seen an athlete in his entire aerodynamics career push 300 watts all day consistently like Lionel. He said that after the furthest athletes ever seen do it was Crowey, and at noon he was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. So I walked off, so... Pretty funny, but yeah. I will say I don't. I don't see anyone challenging Jan and Gustav. Yeah, Mark. I don't know. So that wind tunnel stuff, like you you said there, that number is is always up for debate a little bit because it doesn't always translate. Oh, yeah. You know, as soon as you oh, shift yeah. out of that That's... position, as soon as the wind pressure changes, air pressure, wind direction, etc. Yeah. But yeah. you're in a if he's got ten on the road on the day, that's a big difference. It's a huge difference. Yeah. But I'm with you. Like, I want to say Gustav, and I, I haven't picked Gustav so many times when I should have done, but I just don't see Jan doing a race that he thinks he's going to lose anymore. I don't think he's, there's no value in it for him. You know, it's like a boxer just fighting on and losing and losing and losing their reputation. Go out on top. And I think if he's there, he's on top. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. He's a master. Uh, last time we saw one of the Norwegians do a Ironman was uh, their teammate, at um, Ironman Frankfurt. Yeah, Corns. Um, Storms. So, Storms? Storms, yeah, Casper Storms. Storms. Um, and it was uh, a nutrition fail uh, for him. And so kind of like what Christian and what was that? Yeah, Gustav Eden's brother, Mikhail, has done Ironman. He's done very well. I raced him at Ironman Estonia a couple of years ago as an age grouper. He went 8, 19. I mean, just go away, mate. No one needs that in the age group field. We got into T2 together and he looked at me and he, he was like, oh, what time did you start the swim? I was like, first person in the water. He's like, oh, I started 12 minutes later. I was like, oh, just fuck 
off, mate. And he's a lovely guy. He's a lovely guy. So he knows what he's talking about. And he's done Ironman racing before himself. So I'm sure they've got their nutrition and stuff squared. I think Gustav will be brilliant. I'm not sure anyone will catch Jan. I think Jan will drop Gustav yeah. in the swim and that might be the end of it. I, I don't it know. might be the end of it. Tal, but what he'll do we, be, what do we think is... I mean, the only threat for Jan potentially is, you know, he he spoke about, you know, that the fall at... at uh, the tri battle really ended up saving what was going on with his back. Do we think that's going to rear its ugly head on Sunday? Possibly, yeah, possibly. I'm not convinced his <laughs> yeah. run is as good as it's ever been, but we'll see. You know, I mean, you listen to these Norwegians; they're the most confident humans in the world. They'll talk so much crap going into a seventy point three, but kind of like what they said, they they can talk crap going into seventy point three because they know they're going to win. Yeah. With Ironman, it's it's uncharted territory for them. They don't really know. Uh, they they did say that Jan's run was not too impressive at the tri battle. Uh, so I tell you, I'm I'm saying it here. I'm back in the big man. Jan as well. You back no, in no, I'm back in. I'm back in Lionel. There we oh. go. Race so much. <laughs> what, what do you do I'm, for oh a living? Pat? I'm gonna just saying. No, no. Here's what I'm saying. But here's what I'm saying. Okay. Regardless of regardless of my my role here. Um, Lionel seems incredibly excited and uh, happy about just the opportunity to, to race against these guys. And I think when you have to do mm-hmm. these these things, these distances like an Ironman, and he's looking at his fifth marathon for the year, if you're not excited to do this, then it, it's going to be a long day. And I, I feel like Lionel signing up and is him putting his hand up and saying, like, I just, I just can't wait to race. And that's... That's oh, he's stoked. That's worth. If you would have seen him something, at the I, end of the day, yeah, at the track. If you would have seen him at the end of the day at the track, I mean, it was like a kid on Christmas Day. Yeah. And that uh, he he is stoked to race. Yeah. So I I just think, um, you know, what we get to see with Lionel, and he's very public about this on his YouTube, is we just get to see a dude that loves his job, and and I don't know what that's worth on race day, but it's certainly worth something. Yeah, yeah, I will agree. So it'll be it'll be exciting. Uh, I know Lionel has nothing to lose. Gustav and Jan just need to finish to get to solidify their Kona slots. That, that's that's the other um, thing. That's the other thing we can talk about, Talbot, and you could touch on this. This is the first Ironman that Lionel's done in how many years where there's nothing riding on. There's no stakes. This is just for nothing. the this is just for the joy of racing. The tic- the yeah. tickets are punched, and I, I don't know. I'm just Mark. You know, I'll, no, I'll I, call I, you on I Sunday. I, I I just think that I know, there's I, I think that there's something some weird energy floating here where there's no stress about you know Coeur d'Alene. There was stress about punching the ticket, Copenhagen, Chattanooga, and this one. It's like, look, I just get to race. I'm not racing for time. I'm just racing. And I think, and we know how hard and unpredictable Ironman is. Like, what's yeah. the chances that something goes wrong for one of those two athletes, Gustav or Jan? Yeah, pretty 50, high. Fifty percent for one of them. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, and why not? If they not? set an Ironman world record, if they set the Ironman world record here, it doesn't matter who sets it. All, all the people are getting high points, correct or incorrect? Well, that's just going to be all break it. Yeah, I mean that's going to be some. That's going to be a Jan here. Anyone who anyone who's racing Jan is going to be at a high point race. That's all that matters. So you could see Lionel jump from sixth place in PTO rankings up to possibly third. That's Providing gonna... he doesn't get smoked by ten. Ten minutes or so. <laughs> ten, ten minutes, exactly. No, seriously. Yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, No, no, yeah, no, yeah. you, you would have Because he's only to. one point out of third place, which is Sam Long. So it's it's definitely a possibility. But if but if Jan had a 
110 point race and he beat Lionel by 9 to 10 minutes. I mean, he's going to be at 90, another 98. I'm surprised so. I'm surprised that Sam didn't throw his name on the start list here just to have a Well, that was that was something I wanted to mention okay. Mark that I thought was very interesting. Mallorca has one Kona slot. Look at this field. It is not deep. Lionel's slot will pat will roll. Jan's slot will roll. Gustav's slot will roll. Oh, so, sorry, no, no, why will Gustav's roll? Oh, because he won this year's. Sorry. Because he won this year's 70.3. Thank you. That means potentially, let's just say that those three guys take the podium, which is highly unlikely. Yeah, you yeah. can't have three perfect races, athletes. But you're looking at two Kona slots that could potentially roll to fourth and fifth place. Why wouldn't some of those incredible athletes at Mallorca come over here? And join in in the party. I mean, I think it's like Cam Worth said to you: it's an hour's traveling worth versus twenty hours of traveling. You know yeah. that, and I think that don't forget now they've announced that you can qualify uh, for Kona in St George yeah. down to eighth place outside of automatic outside of automatic qualifiers like Gustav mm-hmm. and Jan. Um, suddenly, you know, you come top ten in Kona and you qualify for St George. So some people aren't; they're not bothered. They're just back in that. And then it, then they'll go and gamble and do a race soon after it if they don't make the top ten. I'm sorry, Mark. Can you can you slow that down a little bit because we're using yeah, we're, so, we're using um, words like I'm, Kona and St George. Yeah. So yeah. Ironman announced that there will be eight, sixteen slots total, eight men, eight women qualifying at St George for the October Kona. Uh, so they're giving eight slots away. Yep. That doesn't include those already qualified. That's right. So it will roll down big time. So. So like like so Frederick Funk the Chevalier, um let's say Lionel qualified the Lionel's already qualified the Solano someone else as well suddenly you've got to have people finishing Joe Skipper, you're gonna, you're yeah. gonna have people so, in the teens and twenties earn a hundred percent you'll have yeah. people in fifteenth sixteenth getting slots yeah so actually you don't really need to chase Kona qualifying slots if you're good enough to do well in Kona because if you're good enough to do well in Kona you you you're gonna get one will that prove to make uh Will that prove to make St. George Kona a bit more interesting as far as like people racing for those eighth to twentieth? Yeah. It'll make well, where you'll see a battle. I think you'll see a battle for twelfth that you would have just seen dudes trotting before. A hundred percent. I yeah, think. Cool. I, I think, think it'll mark. Mark, do you think it'll even bring more people to the race to St. George? Yeah, definitely. Because I yeah. think there'll be there will be people that would target something else to try and qualify. And miss St George to try and perfect their season because they don't see it as prestigious. Whereas now you, it's actually almost the, it's mad, isn't it? St George is going to be the biggest field of the year, arguably, yeah. and also maybe the easiest race to qualify at. Um, yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm missing uh, F1 Miami that weekend to go to St George. So it's <laughs> oh, such. They're a doing it. So fan. they're gonna they're gonna do an F1 in Miami. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Same weekend to St. George, wow. first time ever. Wow. Wow. Okay. So cool. So Sucks back to back to triathlon racing. So there's also seventy point three Portugal happening this weekend. There's a lot of ITU athletes coming to race the seventy point three yeah. Portugal. Um so we'll go with our normal long course athletes first. Nikki Bartlett, India Lee, Kim Morrison, Els. Mark, you say this name better than I do. No, I don't. It's, I'm guessing it's Visor. I get destroyed because every time you <laughs> defer to me, and then I'm the one that gets the shit for it. It's well, better than you than me. I'm American. We say everything wrong. America. <laughs> bottle, bottle of water. Bottle of water. Don't start. 
Come on. Uh, Lucy Hall's on the start list as well. This will be her third half Ironman race in three weeks. Um, and then ITU athletes come into play. Alice Beto, uh, Louisa Baptista, and Lot Miller. Um, and then the men's race, Jesper Svensson, Andreas Rayler, Cyril Vino, Anthony Costas, Lucas Woop, oh, Woo. Sam Woo is my favorite. <laughs> Sam Laidlow's How wrong there. is that? We're going to carry on. Tom Davis, All Magnus right. Ditlev. Um, but the ITU boys, Johnny Brownlee, Aaron Royal, and Jorik Eglum. That was awful. Um, the big ones there are Alistair, sorry, uh, Johnny Brownlee and Aaron Royal. That would be awesome. They're going to accelerate that swim like tenfold. Johnny Brownlee wins this, doesn't he? You're, go- you're betting against your boy Sam Laidlow, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny Brownlee wins this. Pat, I, I bet I go no, I'm ten dollars. T- who Pat says is going to win? Aaron, Ro- Aaron Royal. You guys, he's on our number. Was that, is that still our number one podcast? I mean, of course, I'm not going to count him out. That's true. He's That's had. True. A, I've, I saw photos of him having bike fits this week and all sorts. I saw mean, that. I saw that. He too. means business, but uh, what form has Johnny Brownley got at the moment? His Olympic performances, then his Super League performances. I just, it'd be mad to look past him. I think. Yeah, I think I. I mean, I think the only thing could that... we even see Johnny Brownlee coming in to race Kona next year? Yeah, well, I, I, well, he was going to, but then it's only three years to the Paris Olympics, and he had. I think if he he's had not, an average Olympics. Yeah, the the issue is he's not. Sorry, Mark, I'm going to interrupt here. The issue is next Please. year. What you've got to rem- remember is Com Games are in Birmingham. Um, that'll be a big one for him to turn up to. So I, I think he's going to dabble in the 70.3 and, and then think about calm games. And then all of a sudden you're going to be staring down the barrel of uh, Paris again. So I don't know, Mark, any thoughts? Yeah. I. So he basically said it in an interview after the Olympics. He said um, that he was going to move long after this. That was the plan. And then he won gold in the relay. And he was like, well, it's only three more years. Maybe not. <laughs> it's hard to step away. You know, he's no. at the front of that game. Yeah. He's not, he's not, hanging on the back anymore he's at the front of that racing yeah and the other the other important thing to to remember too is obviously in a country like the uk um the the funding and support that they receive for being a gold medal relay team is is very significant and and very hard just even from a you know physio travel stipend and those types of things and not not including any other compensation they get it is something that's that's really really hard to look away from yeah, I think those boys. I I completely agree. Those boys have got good resources. You know, they're yeah, of course, they're not quite in the Jan's fell, but they're they're very close. I would imagine to the Jan level of setup they've got there. Yeah. Um. But I, 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 it's interesting. I think he'll do. I think I Alistair got, would love him to go long. Alistair, I think, would love him to go long to support him. Basically. Um. Speak. Speaking of Birmingham, we got something completely off topic. This tells you uh, shows you my knowledge in the sport. Uh, one time I watched all of Indoor World Championship track and field in Birmingham and Ham, and the entire time I actually thought it was in Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I'm so glad you, because I honestly thought you were going to carry on thinking that the Commonwealth Games was in Birmingham, Alabama there. I was so hoping that's oh, where you were man. going with that. It's, it's, no, 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 that's a fact. The entire Birmingham time I was boys. watching Indoor Worlds oh. and I'm like, I can't believe they're in, they're in, they're in. Alabama, Alabama. Have you watched wow, Peaky Blinders? Have, have you guys watched Peaky Blinders? <laughs> yeah. No, no uh, the accent's huge... way too thick. For yeah. Me. Well, that's Birmingham. It's a real hard accent to understand. Real hard. <laughs> oh. I was good. looking at the map and I was like, "Hmm, how far away is that from Mark? Maybe we'll come over you to." Can, uh, it's, the it's an hour. It's an hour. You're welcome. Come stay. When 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 is that race? End of July. Come off games. Huh? It's always good. That it's good be fun. fun. It's like a mini Olympics. <laughs> 
Yep. Is there a Formula One race around that same time? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right, what's this Instagram it's basically, DMs? Sorry, before we go, the Commonwealth Games is basically the Olympics without America, Russia, or China. What yep. is not to love? Yep. It's, it's, basically, it's basically a fair play Olympics. It's perfect. <laughs> it's a fair play Olympics, yeah. Anyone? No one brings any pork burritos there, right? No, that's for sure. Sheesh. All right. Okay, so before Instagram just, DMs. Before we get into the Instagram DMs, I do want to let our Boulder audience know, um, as soon as my, my residence becomes more permanent, um, I am aiming to have another Boulder, you know, professional triathlete or former professional triathlete. I'd love to be bringing them onto the show each week. So, you know, for those listening in Boulder that used to have some sort of prominence in triathlon, we, we I'd love to have you on the show with me. Are you guys, yeah. are you guys, before, are you guys cool with that? Yeah, 100%. I think, because oh, yeah. we're about to get into off season, there's not a whole lot we'll be able to start talking about. So I think having interviews, like talking to people about their season, what they, what they're looking forward to next year, what changes they want to see in the sport as far as PTO and things like that. Um, I think that could be beneficial and something that, that is kind of part of our whole reason for starting the podcast cool yeah just just shoot pat a dm i mean flora messages us every day asking <laughs> if she could be on the podcast i mean it's unreal so we're just trying to get some other people we're just trying to see if we can get any anybody else she's, besides she's anybody else it's just like she's been busy yeah. having streets named after her having yeah. swimming yeah. pools named after her but look keys to the city that's the kind of talent we get on ptn okay <laughs> so you know look dude it's like if people are going to be sending us dms i'm like look guys do you have do you have a street named after you? That's that's how the, hey, the how cool was that to watch her story when she was going through the streets and at that pool and all that on her Instagram. Yeah, so you know, the, the Brownleys is better though, isn't it? The Brownleys have an English pub named after them. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh, they, so do. they do. They do. Yeah, up north there's a pub named after them. That's it. That's all. I'm, I'd retire. There's nothing uh, else needed in life. Uh, Kyle, then I think one other thing we want to introduce um, in in shows each week is we we. We'd love to answer some questions. So I guess if the audience has questions, we'd love if those were submitted via uh, ProTry News Instagram account. We'll try to get to you know two or three of those each episode, best ones. So yeah, uh, you know those can be you know really, I mean anything. Sky's the limit on on what you want to ask us. And if you have hot takes, like I mean, we'll we'll debate hot takes on here all day. I mean, we all have don't admit that, opinions on different stuff. So yeah. yeah, don't admit that actually we get most of our hot takes from our Instagram DMs anyway. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. None of this is original thought. <laughs> so and we get some really good questions. Is what Pat started to spot. So we we try and reply to most of them. But yeah, I'd yeah, be great. Totally, totally. All right, let's 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 dive into hot takes. This is something that we had chatted about earlier in the year on who are some of the greatest uh, long course coaching. How much does, how many coaches are there in long course that are potentially know what they're doing? High performance, world-class coaches. Um, I mean, I can count on one hand I mean, how many I think. There's how many. What are, you, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are that I try not to think about it too much because when you have one coach that's really, really successful with uh, several different athletes in an, in an endurance sport, it tends to backfire down the road. And I don't want to think about it in triathlon. I don't think it's going on in triathlon. But you look at the you look at the cycling coaches the, back in the day, the Ferraris and all those sort of people. You look at the Salazars. You look at 
if you over focus on coaching and the performance of coaches I, I i just find the whole thing a little bit toxic and it takes away from athletes performance but that's just me like at the moment there are some great triathlon coaches around there most of them are lovely and i, I quite like that not that god status because we had one for a long time in triathlon who's very controversial and had that sort of godlike status and it was com- i felt completely immoral that he did Luckily, we've got Dan Larangs and those sort of people, Philip Seeps, Bjorns, who are really nice guys, and I hope it just sort of stays that way. Yeah, and I guess, I guess, Mark, the question I'll put to you thinking about the coaches is obviously the, you know, football coaches in, in NFL come to mind, like the Bill Belichicks, which are, you know, really the the whisperers to some, some top performances, and they do have quite a bit of uh, forward-facing presence. Uh, I think, you know, if we look in football in Europe too, there's quite a few personalities in coaching. So I think it's, I don't totally disagree with you. We don't want to put anybody up in like too weird of a position, but there, there is uh, success leaves clues, right? And there, there are other places and other sports where there are highly, um, I don't know, there's, there's spotlights on great coaches. And so my hope is that as, as triathlon continues to professional, to become more professional, that there are uh, great role models for coaching and endurance sport that we can look up to in the future. Get role models as coaches, yes. The other coaches, because I think triathlon must have more, as an individual sport, more coaches in the world than any other individual sport. It's mental how many, you know, every every person's Instagram is, you know, DM me for coaching. Um, including <laughs> mine. So, <laughs> including mine. So... I, I think the role models for other coaches to learn from, definitely. But like citing the examples of American football or Premier League football, it's team sports. It's, yeah, you know, there's enough. much more transparency. You know, what, than what they do, they have to do in front of all the team. Yep. And they have, to, you know, they have to get a massive amount of buy-in to be doing anything very different. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I, but there's, there's plenty I look up to. There's, and there's some well, really... I, 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 guess, I guess here's another debate on the entire topic. How many? How much has this changed over the last five years that you've seen, Mark? As far as you have the coaches that are the hard work coaches, they 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 kept the athletes accountable. Hard work, hard work used to win Kona, and now you have a lot of these coaches that are not only hard work but they're scientific. Yeah. How much has that changed in the in the elite level of your top in Kona? now sure. because there, there's there still is a lot of coaches out there that even coach professionals that i would i mean i wouldn't say any names that are just hard work coaches and they don't involve any science and you can just see their athletes not come to the level that the, their previous athletes came to yeah and part of that comes down to the availability of data there's so much more data available to coaching now that they have but you know i don't want to say his name on the show but brett sutton coach chrissy wellington daniela rife and nicholas Birig. like the three greatest female triathletes of all time one bloke happened to have coached it's these god coaches have been around before and that you know he'll he'll tell you he uses sports science um i think that just what we understand as sports science continues to evolve it's like formula one cars they're more scientific than they used to be uh, football players are soccer players are training with gps vests on to analyze how much running they're doing it's i think a lot of it comes down to data collection and then what you do with that data and um it's very it's much more it's much easier to manage load and training is pretty much about load so i think these coaches just understand that and the, the real great ones work with the psychology behind it and all that sort of stuff so but dan Lorang, mm-hmm. well, i saw the name you put down here he's definitely on form isn't he that's all this debate aside he's certainly producing results yeah yeah definitely 
All right, another hot take we're gonna dive into. Uh, Vincent Louis, uh, if you check out the Bahrain 13 uh, Instagram, they posted some uh, pretty open interviews of Vincent talking about how one of his main targets was going to be the St. George uh, 70.3 World Championship next year uh, and him moving into some 70.3 racing uh, next year. We talk about this every year. Oh, 70.3 is going to change so much now. It's after the Olympic year. All these ITU athletes are going to come in. But, I mean, Vincent Louis is a very, very well-rounded athlete. What are your thoughts on that? Huh? I mean, look, he's... I mean, he couldn't be good. I don't know. I mean, he hasn't been, like, had hasn't had a super dynamite season. I think he's got to hone in a couple things. It looks like he was obviously in the wind tunnel recently. Um, it's clear that 70.3 is a different beast. Uh, I don't know, you know, he'll, he'll do great. Um, but he hasn't, he hasn't shown just like, you know, dynamite 70.3 performances. I'm, I mean, again, let's go back to my favorite, uh, triathlete of all time, Aaron Royal. <laughs> He's won more seventy point. He's won seventy more seventy point threes than uh, than Vincent. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just because you're fantastic at sprint and Olympic distance doesn't mean you're going to be great at long course. So I, I don't know. This you got to spend a ton of time on that bike. You got to be able to just crank out fantastic watts, be slippery in the wind, and then have subsequent run performance uh, that that's really good. So I don't know, Mark, um, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm with with Vincent. You have to say that like, on his best day, he was best at, best at Super League, then Sprint, then Olympic. Like if you had to have him on his very best day at any one of those three and rank his performance against all time, he's probably the greatest mm-hmm. Super League athlete ever in terms of on his actual de- his best day. Sure, 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 sure. And then Sprint, arguably the same statement again, possibly. And then Olympic, there's plenty of people you could think of that would beat him on their best day. And 70.3 is double that again. So I, I just wonder if that power curve of endurance yeah. uh, works in his behalf. But you get older and you get slower and your endurance gets better. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah he's good. It probably is him searching for something because he didn't have the best year that we all thought that he could probably have coming off a world championship season in 2019, 2020. Um so it is probably him just like grasping for something that he could be successful at, and he's looking to 70.3s to bring in those. I just think. Old... Sorry, with this long course stuff, I'm. What I'm learning more and more as I just keep observing the sport, um, I'm learning so much from what's happening in road cycling and track cycling with all with all these areas of opportunity to get faster on the bike. I think that if you're not taking clues from what's going on with these hour records and trying to optimize the best you can, you're you're leaving performance on the table. And then it's somehow you've got to have somebody else in your corner, whether it's your coach or whoever else, understand that you've got uh, swim, run, and nutrition fueling on top of that, that you have to balance with all of the noise and confusion that's going on around with the bikes right now. So you've got to have somebody that's, I don't know who's going to be coaching them for 70.3s, but you've got to have somebody that has their eye on the ball. And that is also looking around the corner to know what's coming. Yeah. yeah Do you think he's leaving Joe Pillow? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't I have no clue. I'm just saying that you need to have, I think you've got to have somebody that's that, uh, you have to have a coach that has a track record of long course performance. 
is the place yeah. to start because I, I just think that there's so many more variables than than there is with ITU. Okay, final hot take of the day uh, for all the fans out there, the Lucy Charles fans. I did hear that she did make it onto the start list at uh, Abu Dhabi, WTS Abu Dhabi. Uh, they were thinking that it was a Olympic distance race, but it is actually a sprint distance race, which will change things up a little bit. But I know that she's been working on her uh, transitions and all that. So uh, at least we will see her racing another time this year, and it should be uh, in Abu Dhabi and possibly Daytona. So... Um, anything else, everyone? Nah, I think we've, I've, from me, that's rounds complete. All right. Well, thank everyone so much for listening. Uh, usually we don't do ads in this show, but my name's Tava Cox. I do coach couch to Ironman <laughs> training sessions. Uh, last year I did an Ironman without training, so super $99 Venmo, PayPal. I can take your money any way, shape, or form. Just shoot me a message the day before your race, and I can... Uh, get you a, a great successful training. okay no but in all seriousness what i would say though talbot is for anybody any age groupers that are going to be racing at ironman california they should give you a heads up and see if you can snap a photo of them on course that's what you should be doing or just get your partners or <laughs> wives or girlfriends to use an iphone and like, you'll get the same doing? result anyway um, exactly <laughs> That is exactly the truth. I'm probably the most unreliable. No, person. we're gonna do. I can't even get no, enough pictures what we're of gonna Lionel, do so is, What we're go. gonna do is we're gonna do we're gonna do a stage photo shoot. You and I organize it the day before, and as they're coming into transition, we'll take their photo. You'll hand you and I twenty bucks, and then we'll we'll say we'll oh say we'll, hand, we'll give you the photo tomorrow. The sad thing is, you'd make a fortune. We'd kill it. No, it'd be awesome. It would make me sick that that age group athletes would actually pay for that. No, I, I know think, you tell, but but they really would. They want to be able to post on their IGs photo credit Talbot Cox. God, that's Yee! so true. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening this week. Uh, can't wait to talk to and break down the races next week. With that being said, uh, don't forget to shoot us some hot takes for next week on Instagram, and we will see you next week.